Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Cody Green. I'm Christian Bassey. I'm Mike Wade. And I'm Gareth Connor. <gasps> wow. There it is. Whoa, Gareth Connor. The Gareth Connor? <laughs> the? <laughs> back. And better than ever. It's been a little while. It, it has been a while. I, I have been a huge fan of the podcast. I've been listening to every episode. It's been fucking great. Sadly, maybe even better without me, but I'm not going to say that too many times. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, it's been a busy month. It's been a busy month, for sure. And so busy, Cody ended up in a random state this month. Welcome to Tech Support of Vallarta <laughs> with Cody <Green. laughs> Cody, where'd you go? I, I uh, ended up back in, uh, in College Station, Texas. Texas A&M. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was very, very exciting. It's been uh, a while for you, right? Wasn't that like 98, 99, not 98. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> a couple decades off. 2018? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 2019? <laughs> 2018. Yeah, I think it was one of the first things that I had helped with after coming back on board. Uh, post. Wow. Like TV studio load in. Yeah. Uh, was this gig uh, that we did down there to help them uh redo their control system for their older well i say older it's a very old pit lift uh <laughs> made by like the otis the elevator company uh mm. did the pit lift um and so yeah we at the time replaced like a bunch of door sensors and added a bunch of crush protection and like a string encoder up to run the lift um to positions which they hadn't had before uh yeah i would say it was all pretty cool it was all um back off plcs uh yeah which for me i was hot uh after working on a lot of back off plc stuff so that was pretty like oh yeah sure i can help with that thing um yeah it had like a back off hmi too right for the user interface yeah am i saying that right yeah yeah, it had a um, like a little box that had back off HMI and uh, like a touch screen with a couple buttons sort of thing to program your positions and um, soft limits and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's apparently been working great. Well, <laughs> not that great. <laughs> I don't know I, if has, I can say has, has it been working. Uh, <laughs> what we were told was, oh, it's been working great. Uh, but we just went to move it and it doesn't work now. Like, mm. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, and as we started to dig in a little bit, it was like, oh, so what's going on? Oh, they're gutting the lift. They're getting rid of the lift mm. from Otis. It was and old. replacing it. Yeah. Like, very old. Said, yeah. Yeah. Very old. Um, and apparently it had some like starting to have hydraulic problems and seals and, you know, lots of willful mechanical troubles um i remember so the main were... control cabinet for that thing being like a cage with a bunch of open frame relays right that yeah. that is yes yeah that is correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you could watch the sparks like yeah, yeah. it's exciting yeah <laughs> it yeah exciting. <laughs> it was yeah it was open frame relays running like uh at the time uh, it was one of the problems with the load in which i think we talked about on a podcast at some point but they had all these door sensors running all the way around uh around the lift and uh we had some electrical contractors help us gut all the old sensors and we didn't realize 
that their schematic was wrong and they were running like full like <laughs> 110 power yeah, I think, they were all the way through voltage. all the switches yeah line voltage all the way around yeah and uh which is nice in, if you have to like tap in a drill or something while you're swapping the sensors <laughs> for the porta band <laughs> yeah so that was like one of the and and like it interlocked in god knows which way yeah. uh through all of these open frame relays so that was like a big thing that steve and i had struggled with on site um but at this point all of that stuff has been torn out and really it's like our fancy Beckoff control system running the two relays for like the starter for the motor yeah. to go up and then the drain valve to go down. Go down yeah. um, and then everything else is kind of just still living in place. There was like three boxes that were just like decommissioned eight, you know, something, you know, <laughs> 2018 decommissioned in place. Cause all the wires are still all running through all these old cabinets. And we're like, well, if you don't need the wall space, we'll just keep yeah. those things there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we come to find out they're demoing the lift um, and to replace it with a new Gala system, and uh, which is all very nice. And they were running the lift up and down throughout the day. And at some point in the midst of all of that, they tore out a giant concrete wall, uh, which was pretty impressive. Like they just blew out a whole one of the walls around the lift into the trap so wow. they could like move gear on and off. Um, so there was a bunch of like wet sawing and stuff happening and we don't, I, I don't know, start to know what problems arose, but at some point it falls. Something, something dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something is no longer connected. Yeah. Something stopped working. Uh, and although I think ironically, Mike, isn't it true that that didn't really come to light initially? That like, that yeah that wasn't uh, that wasn't clear. It was like the very this thing beginning. stopped working. We have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's like oh, I mean, we did it fucking cut the whole wall out. <laughs> it was it was a moment of like you know I took the first phone call and it was like oh man like ah thank goodness Cody's still here because he's Ooh. the only one who has anything about this. And Christian, you were on vacation. And it was like... I also know nothing about it. That's not so. true. Shut, shut your fucking... Un, you, untrue, you, man. Your name you, is on the commit messages. <laughs> yeah. I was like... Get blamed. I was like, oh, look, fuck. it's Christian Bassey. <laughs> I only did the pendant, though. I only did the pendant. I only did the, the HMI. <laughs> <laughs> I love the hot potato. I think they had a problem maybe a couple years ago, and it was a hot potato between Christian and but I. Then the HMI died, right? It was yeah, like the touchscreen well, died, and it was like, I don't. And then it was between you and me, like, I don't know, I didn't do that. You were like, I don't know, I didn't do that. I definitely didn't yeah. do that. I, and it you was you were the one that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely. <laughs> You will not yeah. find my name on the fucking commit messages. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly the code in the back end, like it was a Steve Nath, Stephen Ferrier special, yeah. like the schematic well, and the layout that. and the boxes and all yeah. that design. And then we were handed off the like kind of nitty gritty bits of like the HMI. And then Christian had the pendant and the way that worked. And then some amount of integration when we bench tested the whole thing. So in the end, what did you, so you, you got down there, the thing's not working and what do you have to do to stand it back up? It was, uh, 
a traumatic re-entry into the world is what i would say because i got there and i was like we're trying to talk to will uh, across the line of like hey how do you like how do, can i just can you just show me how to fix it on my computer and they're like well setting up twin cat and gets all talk is kind of a pain in the ass so like i think it really if we have if we get to that point i'll probably need to show up with a laptop and like do it and and we got to that point and then even when i got there with my laptop i went to go boot up twin cat and try to uh talk to the cx the brain the computer uh and it just was woeful in versions and version control like which yeah like you've got this version of the dev tools it's on this version of the cx running these so you can't talk to it okay well how do i get the right version okay and like reached out to uh Frank Gilbert at Beckoff and he gave me some advice and you know pointed to some an obscure tool of like oh you need this back remote managed thing to load onto it so I got through a bunch of those hurdles uh and eventually got the computers talking and was like sweet I'll find the IO that's faulted and we'll be on our way um because like through the series of resets and things we were really getting no faults anywhere except for one fault uh was like the safety master was giving a like error flashing light Mm -hmm. so i was like oh sweet i'll bust open that safety project see what's (laughs) faulted and then i can go find what the problem is like probably a bad piece of hardware is what i imagine because everything was the same and the only thing that had changed had been demo around it so it's like something got fucked up or you know something it looks wrong Uh, something got wrong somehow uh but turns out even after all of those getting those proper tools to get into the old version, the there's like a bug that the safety project will never open unless you have the exact <laughs> oh, right version shit. of the tools. Uh, and at that point it was like 5 PM on Friday. Ugh. And so I messaged Gilbert and it was like, well, this like, this still a bug. I Googled it. And someone says that like, it seems like it's a bug. And then he was like, you're going to have to reach out to support. And that was surprising to me because I thought that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the call right now with support, Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, but it's been multiple years since apparently I learned later from a friend. Like he's moved into a different role. So. Oh, okay. But at the time I was like, I, I was pretty sure that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Um, so at that moment it kind of realized like well i can't get in the safety project to see what's faulted i i have no way of sorting through like what's broken because i have no way to access any of the information all the wiring looks good all the you know everything looks the same and looks right but something's clearly broken on the software side um and so then I did what anyone would do for a lift that only needs to run twice uh, till it gets gutted forever, which is disabled all of the safety features <laughs> <laughs> and deleted the safety project out of it, uh, which yeah. is not anything you know you really want to do. But for this one, it was like it needs to go down once, one more time, and then back up with some tools on it. And yeah. then it's it's gonna get gutted from the theater. So I was like, okay, we can probably make that work. So I had to go and like remove all the slices and all the boxes, and then delete the safety project and rebuild um, and edit some of the code to ignore some of the safety I/O 
and things like that. And so, why do you ask so many there, questions? You don't need that fucking light <laughs> switch. Get down there. Yeah, get into the hole. What did I tell you? Yeah. No, that yeah. seems right. Yeah. Like you said, first thing that's like not going to run, it's not like, it's also never going to be left in the hands of operators. Like you're now like right. all competent people that are running this thing just for demolition. Right. Because when the yeah. Gala system goes in, I assume they're running their own controls, right? It's not like they're going to yeah, graft correct. on our control. Yeah. Ours is, ours is going out with the, uh, with the Otis elevator stuff from the sixties. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that was money. Well, spent. the other f- <laughs> <laughs> four years of life, one and a half. I have to imagine was just sitting dormant through COVID <laughs> through COVID. Yeah. I don't know though. They could probably sell well, all those for a lot of money right now. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And didn't we, Cody, we asked, we asked them on the phone, right? We were on like, we're in a video call before you got down there. We we're like, Hey, so can you look at the, like, what's going on on the main, on the main HMI screen? And he was like, Oh yeah, that thing hasn't worked for like a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the problem that Cody and I were, uh, hot potatoing <laughs> a year ago. I, I yeah, I won that hot potato cause I had not heard about it at all. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, it doesn't work at all. And they're like, yeah, I think, you know, we, Will uh, told me, he was like, yeah, like you guys said, like, oh, no, no, he didn't even know. He was saying that he had talked to one of the theater folks because it was one of the theater folks that had called. And we had kind of said, it sounds like the screen is dead. Mm-hmm. Like something is wrong. Like we'll have to either have someone come out or, you know, there's clearly yeah. a problem because it wouldn't boot up. And there was some some questionable where we had left things and where things had ended up and some of like the breakering and things like breakers would flip and then like the screen would cycle. But I didn't, according to our schematic, those things should have been totally unrelated. <laughs> uh, so either it's like, a, it was like a noise or like, I think we needed some fusing or so, something to like protect the screen or something. I don't know. It's a little unclear what happened there. And this is why I love custom projects right here <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, there was that moment though where I got on site and started learning more and more and more. I was like, oh, so that really hasn't worked. They've only been using the pendant. Okay, that's interesting. Cool, you know, and starting to pick apart all the pieces. It wasn't until I had fully cut out all of the safety stuff when we started running that I like held enable and the lift went up. And then I was like, sick, sweet. And then I went to go press down and then it would not go down. And I was like, that's weird. And I like rechecked my code. I was like, maybe I didn't link that IO. Like what, what, what's happening? I'm like, that, that looks like it's right. And then I went down to the trap and looked at the IO slices. And like it's going high. I'm metering across the preventa that we're firing the relays on. And I'm like, ah, that's all there. It's all looks good. Everything's firing. Everything from, <laughs> from this slice of hardware upwards is all functioning as expected. And then was like, oh, yeah, they said that they had some problems with it going down and that we had to like jiggle the wires on the solenoid for the drain yeah. to, to go down. <laughs> jiggle the wires. It's like, oh, my god. It's goodness. like one one twenty volt DC solenoid. So then it was like, oh, so there was other problems. <laughs> OK, cool. And, uh, you know, we struggled with that for a bit. There was some kind of like wires that had clearly like been pulled out or messed with at some point and been soldered back but were in a pretty rough state that we tried to like re-solder to get better and didn't quite get there like we just couldn't get the solenoid to fire and it 
that was like Saturday at like noon and it was like well I don't I mean it was like a 1960s or whatever Otis elevator hydraulic uh solenoid and I was like I don't I don't think we're going to get one of those today <laughs> and also like this thing has to go down one more time or twice or something like that. And, and like, then it's out. I see the screw right there to open up the manual, to open up the ball valve. Like it's not pretty, but like if this is where we're at, like it goes up, it starts the motor. It goes up. That's our, to me seemed like it was going to be the hard one was like Mingus all that shit was all good. Oh, and mm-hmm. that just worked. Cause it uh, could just be gravity down essentially then. Yeah. So essentially you just like need to open, get the oil, moving um mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it was one of those ones where it was like as you get there you start to get the pieces and the pieces and the pieces and the pieces and it also happened all really really fast too right wasn't it like a thursday afternoon yeah and then you were on a plane yeah. friday morning or they, something yeah they either called wednesday or or thursday morning with the hey it worked yesterday when we left and now it's not working and then right and then we quickly got to, yeah, I think we've done all that we can on the right. phone, you know, with like, you know, like with a video call or remotely and like, okay, I guess we're getting on a plane. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, whew. Yeah. Damn. At some point, like, I don't know. What's, what's interesting is I, at the end of the day, or, you know, whatever, when I was about to pack up, I had metered everywhere all the way even out to the solenoid, like, making sure we were getting power everywhere and everything was fine, but the solenoid wasn't firing. Uh, I was like, yeah, it seems like a bad solenoid. I bet they can find a replacement or figure something out. And then I, I did get a few more texts from, texts and calls from Will on Monday that even more shenanigans had occurred either as they were trying to fix it or had occurred. And we hadn't, you know, as we were trying to fix stuff at some point that like one of the inverters had blown or something was wrong. uh, And they went even more cowboy than I, uh, and just like pulled some DC voltage off somewhere in the open frame cabinet. And like, with a like light switch switcher in line, like <laughs> lined it up to the solenoid and got it to run down. I'm like, hey man, good on you. Got the thing moving. Go with God. But and then shortly after that, I got a reply, a message from the Beckoff support saying, "Hey, you should check and try and make sure you download the remote manager." I'm like motherfucker, I did that. A little too late. So yeah, who knows? Who knows what happened there? Then other than the uh, custom job from two years ago, the uh, the new product development we've been working on, part yeah. of our holy trinity for those who have been listening along, know we're trying this holy trinity unifying motors and brakes and other components between our big three right. uh, big three machines. We have the push stick, spotline, and revolver. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are definitely our major sellers. Like if you look at the the sale history, build history on those items that's like our evergreen products. And so the back in January during product summit, I uh, put forth a proposition and I accepted it from myself to uh, revamp those three products and try to get all of them uh, using the same 
big thing being like the gear motor, but other components as we could. But then also because like what it was like the motors were very similar, right? Like they were just like <laughs> well, they're all I mean they're all five horsepower. They're all very close, roughly to twenty to one. Twenty to yeah. one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they were pretty close to begin with. They were, <laughs> but all different at the outset. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest difference being with Pushtick. Pushtick V two um, has that inline gearbox, and I was really hopeful that we could find a solution to change that to a right angle and then share the same gear motor between all three uh, machines. But I didn't do any of the work on it. I just delegated that off to Cody since he designs very nice machines and was like, hey, man, can you take a crack at Pushtick? And I think we started with Pushtick because it was arguably the hardest one to kind of change over to a new Mm -hmm. motor. And Cody... You worked on that for, I don't know, six-ish weeks-ish, I think? Yeah, it was like a month and a half. I was cracking on on it. I think there was yeah. there was some stuff that came up in between, but yeah, right. like that. Yeah, because you of... had like the Warner job in there and a couple other things that popped up, but like, yeah. Yeah. That was a big, pretty big design cycle on it, like kind of cranking on it, trying to get it like. Trying to squish it into know. that box, right? Of like, let's try to make this thing work with this yeah yeah it was it was interesting challenge because we kind of just accepted like we're kind of early from the outset we're like well you know we had the push stick v1 and that was an inline style motor right angle motor on the v1 right angle motor yeah and well can we make like you know we have we love a lot of things about the v2 can we like mash them together to get like a super winch that we can actually produce and order and, you know, all the benefits of ordering same parts and stuff like that. Right. And the big sticky wicket there was like, and also keep zero fleet. That was the big thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like same motor, but it's got to keep zero fleet because like, we think that's just like a big value added to the customers and like, you know, that's probably, I don't know why you call us to make your winch instead of making it yourself. <laughs> Right. And I don't know if that's a thing that people uh, left to their own devices would select as a feature, but it's a thing that we certainly prefer. It's one of those things if you know, you know. Like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. If you've ever had yeah. to rig a deck winch without Zero Fleet and then rig one with Zero Fleet, it's definitely better with Zero Fleet to be able to right. get it closer to your first set of diverters. And we were pretty hard on the fact that v1 to v2 that was the big feature like we added zero fleet uh and we weren't going to drop it for v3 um but we wanted to try to get the a consistency of gear motor so that really for an operational thing because the other big impetus for this holy trinity redesign is try to get the costs down um or trying to get things you know we're not uh we're not deaf to the fact that our products have grown uh, ever increasingly more expensive. And we would, you know, as a company that kind of stands behind the idea of automation for everyone, we want to try to meet that and yeah. not exclude people just because of budget. Um, I mean, there's a kind of a, there is a low threshold. I mean, if you're, you, you have to have some amount of money if you're going to automate things, but we're trying to make it more accessible for folks. Um, so that was the, that was the goal with the V3. Um, but, and Cody did a lot of work on it, trying to fit that, uh, arrangement into a, um, 
into a package that was that we could all live with. <laughs> and in the end, we just couldn't. <laughs> like we just got uh, you beat on it for a, a good while, and I think there was like one Monday morning that we you would post up like a Friday update, and you've been, you've been cranking on it as best you could. And Monday morning, we you, me, and Harry met and was like, "Hey, what are are any of us really happy with where this is going?" And I, the answer was a uh, was no, not really. Like it's of course we can do it. Like we can stick a right angle motor on this machine and make it work. Um, but it's not great. It's uh, not the product we would want. Yeah, it's not the thing that we'd want to yeah. use ourselves, and that's one of our tenants, right? Is like we only want to produce gear that we would want to use, and none of us really loved it. And um, so we yanked the plug on it. It was like, you know what? It's just not right. It's not right, and so we're not going to do it. And it was. It, this was all, you know, just a fantasy that I had that I wanted to like make these things all share the same gear motor and it's like well because because it started from a basis of we have three major machines that are using three different motors but they're very similar in their output ratio and horsepower um, but the geometry is very different between pushtick and spotline and revolver so I was like well what if we just take that restriction away and say like well Push is going to be on its own because it does have a very different arrangement. And then Spotline and a revolver already both use right angled motors. So let's keep those. Um, and we'll still like gain some efficiency in purchasing just by dropping one of the three motors out of the rotation. Right. Being able to buy quantities of motors as opposed to yep. one every time somebody buys one. Yeah. Because I mean, the, I mean, I, I obviously don't like deal not down in the weeds on design these days, but I, I do still keep a pretty tight finger on the purchasing and production of what we make. Um, <laughs> man, it's a fucking pain in the ass <laughs> to get motors right now. Like, it oh, takes yeah. anywhere from fucking 14 weeks to six months to get a motor in this shop. And if we could buy in larger volumes, it would make our lives easier from production, but ultimately, I mean, the end goal is like get it into customers' hands. Um, and so if we could do that faster by spending money to stock motors, uh, that'd be great. I mean, Cody, you were around for like the the tragedy of the, I think it was like 2014, 2015, like when I was like, we're going to fucking pre-build 10 push sticks because at that time that was a big number for us. And I was like, we made, we sold 10 push sticks last year. We're going to sell 10 again this year and we're going to get yeah. ahead of it. And like, we didn't sell a fucking push stick for an entire year, <laughs> but we had like spot lines and revolvers that all had to go out. So we had like, just, <laughs> you just had stacks of push sticks and push stick parts in the shop. Right. Um, so. Yeah, because I mean, it was like it was. Uh, Do we do ten of each of revolvers and yeah, push sticks? Yep. Yeah, and yeah, made all machined all the shafts, did all the yeah those things, made some heinous decisions to put some wood on a Tormach. <laughs> yep, uh, that's my first foray into CNC. Yep, uh, it was cool. Yeah, and then. I came back after because I think I did that while I was an intern, and then yep. I came back 
uh, after I graduated college and like, oh, there they are. Those push stick frames I welded. <laughs> they were all, I mean, they were all, I think they, maybe, maybe we sold one or something, but like mm-hmm. it, there was a stack. I mean, it was, I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say we sold none. I, I honestly think we didn't sell a fucking winch that year. Anyway, the point being like trying to, uh, trying to not do that again. Uh, it would be nice to be able to buy in volume, buy like 20, 30 motors at a time and uh, get them in here and know that we could satisfy any customer's demand for any of the machines. Um, but it wasn't working out. Like it's a, that's one of those things where it's like, it seems to make business sense, but it doesn't make design sense. Um, and uh, so we had to just pull up. And I think the other thing that spoke to all of us, I think, uh, was that like push stick is the one that's in the least... Um, well, I, Revolver doesn't need a lot of editing anyway, I guess, but, or, yeah. but Spotline, right? Uh, yeah. That's in the most need of help. Yeah. Cause I think where we ended up kind of getting was like Pushstick V2 or like, we all kind of like this machine. Like there's some like yeah. production woes for it. Like, especially as Waterjet has grown, like the giant yeah. w- Waterjet assemblies and all of those things and second ops and like a lot of those things we wanted to get rid of, but like. I wish it was a little smaller. Yeah. A couple ways we could do that. Things like that. But like overall, like pretty easy, good solution for a zero fleet deck winch. Like we yeah. were all pretty happy with it. And no version of sticking a right angle gear motor at the ass of it made it good. Made it better. It and was everything we were yeah, looking at was like, this is going to make it worse than it is today. And that's a hard yeah. pill to swallow. Unless you're going to like yeah. cut it down to like half the cost. But we weren't going to get there either. It was like going to be. Right nominally maybe a little bit cheaper but not much and right uh, and definitely a worse machine yeah so but like like you were saying spotline is the one that's like out of the three is the longest in the tooth of like yeah needing some updates um and especially as our like control has caught up and expanded we're like oh the spotline is kind of like a great flagship for so many of those features that we've now like grown on the control side to accommodate yeah um that like as we were going through the push stick design you're like oh yeah it'd be great for the spotline to have xyz and then trying to also fit those into the push stick while designing those first and then also meeting all the other needs of what the push thing needs to be you're like oh these things have all just become (laughs) mud yeah Um, but as we punted off of push stick v3 i moved straight into spotline v2 which I think is a pretty exciting, cool space to like both evaluate for production and sharing parts and, you know, increasing like ability to make it on the floor easier, but also like grow the capabilities of it. Right. Cause we've added some new features that the state chain can do, but the current right. spotline can't take advantage of. Yeah. The big ones being cross groove and load cell are yeah. the, like kind of, flagship sensor features that are in the stagehand now that the spotline doesn't yet accommodate right so like i think looking at spotline v2 is like all right well we got to get the cross groove sensor built in because mm-hmm. that is something that especially with that winch like not being zero fleet and right like going into like sticking it up on the grid and you know trying to deal with all those things like a cross groove sensor is it's going to be big for just making the, a better winch. And now we've got the capabilities in the stagehand. Um, yep. So w- like we want to get that baked in. And then the load cell, like we've 
implemented that in our chain hoists and we implemented it on the floor pocket. Um, and it's probably more analogous to the floor pocket. Uh, but like getting that right on board is also going to be super awesome to get that into the mix um, for any hoisting application. Having the load cells is just hundred percent super right? awesome. Like, cause we have that in the, in the smart chain hoist at this point is the only product that well beyond the floor pocket that has it. And it's really good. Yeah. For any hoisting application, especially like as we've, you know, if you have a couple spot lines and you want to like, yeah, pick a couple points and, you know, do load sharing, like those sort of things with the load cells is just so badass. So like, totally. And I think that's still going to be an optional add on, right? Like that, if, if you absolutely can't afford it, you can not get that, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like our chain hoist where it's also optional. It's like it, it is the smart place to spend some money, like get that sensor in there. Cause that is super valuable to people like, to know how much your hoist is taking. And then also helps yeah. you like, know like if you were to catch something while you're trying to lift it up, like you're getting an overweight or oh, for sure you catch something while you're trying to move it down, down you get under underweight. Yeah. Like you're gonna know, yeah, if there's a problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be really awesome. Like for any of the hoisting applications to have the load cells is gonna be sweet. So like, and what I think was... is really cool that you've done with that design is that you've like taken those things which are f- fucking critical. Like those are super user needed, and you've swapped out some of the things that we have settled on in the past, like aluminum framing, but gone to mm-hmm. cheaper. Lo- cheaper alternatives to offset those costs and like get that, you know, kind of squeeze that into the same budget. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's an interesting dance. So like for the, you know, old, well, I say old, the Spotline V1, like we had the aluminum tube cross members and like a pretty sweet, like weldless design Mm -hmm. um, with the threaded rod crest, like, you know, kind of like slamming all the pieces together. Um, And then the more I started looking at integrating load cell and cross groove and the other features like it kind of felt like that solution didn't quite fit what we needed the frame to be anymore uh, mostly because we need some extra bearings to help like float the motor and brake together like we have to move the brake over near the motor so that we can like have it all on a torque arm so that we get a good load cell reading was probably the biggest um change in the design was just kind of moved all the components around you're like okay well now it's a pretty different frame if it's got to be different how can we make it better and cheaper and easier um and so the the direction we're kind of headed is like bent steel um upright plates and then we like bolt on uh i think right now it's like two by three three sixteenths uh thick angle mm. Um, that we can like machine the ends. Like we learned a lot with the chain, uh, with the chain hoist, the four post lift, like, Oh, Hey, if we like program this right, we can get these kind of longer members and put these features into like stock shapes a lot easier and a lot cheaper, um, from like our process perspective. So like kind of leveraging some of that, what we've learned and just, you know, still bolt together, you know, still trying to stay away from weldless, uh, as much as we can but going towards like a different shape and kind of balancing those costs to get features where we kind of didn't have them before. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, the thing that I'm, I don't know, I'd probably say ad nauseum around here is like that it, you know, the fucking frame nobody cares about, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's, 
it, it probably is a little bit too far to say like the machine nobody cares about, but it's like that. Ultimately, this thing wants to like lift and pull something upwards, and how it does that is kind of an implementation detail. <laughs> and like mm -hmm. people want that capacity and capability and do it safe and get all the feedback from those sensors that we can give it um, at the most you know reasonable price. Like that's a constant drumbeat. Um, yeah. So like trading off, you know, kind of, uh, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but like a dumber frame for smarter sensors is a, is a good compromise. Yeah. I think probably the thing, the only, the thing that I've been kind of trying to focus with on the design too, is like, I, the frame is not very important. Like just the cube that the thing comes in and make sure it can do all the things the interaction points that the you know, anybody that uses mm. our machines do become important. Yeah. So like by going to the angles for the frame, you don't, you no longer need like half couplers with right. Unistrut or some other, you know, like let me give you a flat hole that you can bolt through to mount this to something so that like, you're not like always totally. scheming to get this thing bolted down somewhere or like, let's, get that limit box out of the inside of the frame. That's kind of always been a pain in the ass on the spotline B1 and like get it moved to a more accessible place so that it's easier to set limits and easier to service. Like, yeah. Like all the touch points, right? Like anywhere the customer right. is going to have to interact with that. It should be better. Mm -hmm. And hopefully all the other bits can kind of fall away. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Um, Not that they're not important. It's just like that you want them to do their, they have to do their job. Yeah. But the things that people, yeah. that the end user puts their hands on, uh, whether that be right. like, like you said, like the limit switches or the mount points or the user interface, like all those things are things people touch, you know? Right. And those have to be really good. I mean, they all have to be yeah. good, but those have to be really thoughtful about like how, how to make them welcoming. There's, there's nothing worse than like designing a machine and really loving it and then going to like load in the first one and then like the first guy you run into on the thing's like why the fuck does it plug in there it's plugging up here and you're like hey hey man hey. i mean you're right but <laughs> i can hear you <laughs> no i'm i'm fucking super pumped about the spotlight v next i think it's going to be really exciting it's like i think you've made some, a lot of really good choices there and i think it's got um I mean, it, it is evolutionary, but like in, in major ways, like it's going to, it's, you know, I mean, to be super reductive, a fucking winch just winds cable up. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. but all of these other things are details that really matter. And, uh, I think it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to see it come to fruition. Um, and it, like, yeah. I don't know that we even touched on it, right? But like, it has bigger capacity than, I mean, what we're aiming for. And I think we're yeah. going to hit is like you've got bigger capacity in terms of both wire rope so it can lift, you know, longer, but then heavier loads as well. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing that we were very limited on when the Spotlight V1 was designed was we were making the drums on the Tormach. And so we had a pretty... Yeah firm cap on the length of the drum and a very firm cap on it had to be under eight inch eight inch uh, yeah. OD. so now with the new Haas and our tooling and our comfortability and Breezy's badass skills I think we're like we're pushing towards a 10 inch drum um, and we can get even taller uh, than the old drum was so now we're looking at 
10 inch od drum about 16 inches long still weldless uh which then lets us play with our motor ratios a little bit and our break and you know it just starts moving the pieces around so that we get to 100 foot of usable um travel uh 750 pounds of yeah. uh, line pull both of those big improvements yeah huge yeah 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 well, the, and still yeah, they're keeping, giant still keeping the 36 inches a second three feet a second plus with like opportunity to overspeed with especially with the increased capacity you could you know potentially end up with what the same load we had plus a little faster you know it's a good it's a good trade-off for the package just to like get more juice out of it i mean it's kind of of a great trade-off i mean if you think about what you've done right like for the same money like that everyone's gonna get more lifting capacity potentially higher speed and more lifting travel on the hook Mm -hmm. and we're adding cross groove detection and load cell capacity potentially yeah like as an option obviously i don't mean potentially like we might not do it but we're definitely doing it but it's an option for you to add on or not but i don't know it's kind of great yeah yeah, i'm pretty excited about it like going out of the like beating uh, uh, a lot of my head but i think a bit of our collective head against the push stick and then moving into spotlight and just feeling like oh no like all of this is gelling like this is just yeah the right move yeah like it feels it feels pretty good it feels pretty great sweet yeah Yeah. and like harry also put a uh, a bunch of work into like the motor that we're going to use for the spot line is going to be the motor we use for the revolver so like the footprint grows a little bit but it largely stays the same yep um as, as the revolver we know and love but then like it helps and we're also sharing some bearings and a couple other components throughout the machine are going to be the same. Um, yep. So like it still services that Holy Trinity simplification of the product line that we really want to make for efficiency and purchasing. But then also like at the end of it, we end up with like more cable machines that the customers will hopefully really appreciate. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty great. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. I mean, all of this is slightly tempered by the, Difficulties in supply chain, which <laughs> mean that, <laughs> which mean that like this thing is probably not due until like spring of 2023, but uh, it's, it's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever. I, I mean, it's on the. I mean, you know, like the 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 best time to fucking release this was you know two weeks ago. The second best time is going to mm-hmm. be in spring 2023. It's it, it's it's when we when it can happen. So it'll be good. Yeah. It's been kind of brutal. Like the <laughs> last kind couple of products I've designed have, <laughs> well, I mean, brutal for a lot of reasons, but uh, focusing on me for a second. Uh, <laughs> the, but enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> uh, many of the products I've been working on for the past, I don't know, year and a half or whatever, like the pendant can't get a Raspberry Pi. Stagehands can't get a VFD. Like, Spotline, I hope maybe at some point we can get motors and brakes. It's just fucking <laughs> terrible. It's just fucking terrible. There's I no. can't. I hope by 2024, maybe one of the designs I've <laughs> made in the past I mean, the, several years. I mean, good. we've made a ton of the spot, or I'm sorry, the Stagehand 4-ish um, products, like, mm-hmm. based around unipolar five but mm-hmm. like stage l- literal stage hand four is going to be the weirdestly short shortest lived product yeah right? because by the time the- we fucking get drives and stuff like we're going to be ready for five and well and also there's stage hand four but there's like five types of <laughs> stage hand four yeah based on what we can get component wise yeah. on the it's card just, it's it's a 
bananas time. Four, I think, feels like a big jump. And then once we get to five, you're going to be like, well, the difference between three and four didn't feel that big. And four and five, it will feel kind of big. Yeah. But yeah, the process is like, we couldn't have five without four, but four is going to be certainly an unsung hero. It is going to be an unsung hero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think is a, it's an awesome fucking controller, honestly. Like it has so many great features and it's smaller than three and all those things, but it's like just the, bananas (laughs) bananas <laughs> the bananas <laughs> supply chain i mean it's just it's just nuts right yeah yeah you just can't get anything you want just can't get it i mean mm-hmm. we we've had fucking eight hundreds on order since october don't yeah. have them here <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah anyway i'm very excited for spotlight I'm, i can't wait like it's and it, you're closing in on it at this point you're just a couple of weeks away from wrapping up design and it's uh yeah everything is looking super hot on it i think people are gonna be really pleased with it but it um i think the bigger drum is is pretty cool too because well we didn't mention i mean inside baseball i guess a bit but that's kind of what the show is right like is that the other thing we're hoping to do aiming to do intending to do is take the drum out of spotline two and bring it back to push stick two which will make it basically right. push stick three um, so it'll be higher capacity, slight, slight changes yeah. in the geometry on push stick, but um, nothing major. Yeah, I have dropped it in the model, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it works. Yeah. 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 So, like, I think the bearing mounts can share. I think the drum can share. I think the shaft can share. I think, like, there's a bunch of yeah things that all are pretty much one-to-one, and then we just have to update brackets and some, you know, smaller. It'll be more like the revolver update. Right, um, a little bit more intensive, but in that same world, which I think, like conceptually, makes a lot of sense, right? Like that, Spotline was the one that hadn't seen an update in the longest, so it gets the big right. update, and the other two kind of get minor updates. Yeah, yeah. not to go totally back to the last conversation, but like that was the moment that clicked in the meeting we were talking about killing the Pushstick V3. Was you're like, well, what if we didn't do the smokestack? And it was like a thought that like because it was the part of the mission statement for the design <laughs> it was like oh that would be better yeah if we could do- i've been fighting <laughs> this motor <laughs> for better part of five weeks now if we didn't have to do that i mean i think i'd keep the push stick mostly the same and all these other parts that i've drawn right. worked on the details for would just slab right in almost through the spotline design you're like oh all these cool things that i've drawn can all just kind of like shoehorn right back into push stick like, yeah which is pretty cool pretty exciting it's very cool yeah that's one of those things that if i were quicker on the ball like i would see those signs earlier down the road down the road be like Mm -hmm. oh you know what was a bad idea of mine it's like (laughs) let's pull up quicker but regardless i mean i'm not gonna beat on that too much like i think the important thing is just to recognize like you know whatever it's not working it's not working like don't drive a point home just because right (laughs) <laughs> in in a previous life when I used to work for other people I used to say like I will take any of your bad ideas and drive them all the way to the fucking finish line <laughs> I yeah to your credit though uh, we caught it in the design phase yeah right I mean there are a couple machines and we don't have to besmirch their name here but that have had a first design and a redesign and a redesign to try to make them good. Oh, I'm trying to like I'm I have so many filtering around in my head. Which one are you talking about though? 
I mean, the practical. That's oh, that's, that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. We're that's all on the, the same one. page. Yeah. Okay, great. Because <laughs> uh, I also feel that way the, about curtain call and trick line curtain too. Call. But, oh, <laughs> that curtain call was a fantastic machine, though. Shut your fucking no. mouth. That's it's how groups were developed was with machine. curtain calls. <laughs> oh, if the curtain call didn't idea. exist, groups couldn't have happened. You just need a come along when you put it in. <laughs> and a what, truss backing the, your baton. What's this for? <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> I mean, that one, the curtain call specifically, I, uh, in a bit of the dark times of 25, uh, 2015, we set up a whole trust thing being like, everyone keeps having all these positioning problems with the curtain call. What's going on? Can we make it do it? And we set up like a truss structure trying to hunt it down. And then we realized through that testing, if it's backed by a truss, it's a great machine. And then it was like, yeah, but what are they doing? Oh, they have a baton. It's 60 foot wide baton. Not a great I machine. Un- like removed all the cheeseburgers. And then it was like, oh yeah, you can't, I can't hit a foot. Of tolerance <laughs> on this thing. Yeah. Like, like, oh shit. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So we didn't get to, Building the in-shop test version, uh, truss version of uh, the Pushstick V3. So yeah, that's true. I think we're getting better. We're, we're getting, getting better. <laughs> As my friend Ian used to say, he's like, IBM proved that the garden slug has no brain, but it only has four nerve endings, and by shocking it, they could train it. So, like, you have hope. <laughs> like, <laughs> As he used to say to me, it's possible that you can learn. So yeah. there you go. So Christian, sorry, I just wrapping up on that. That was that was a lot of fun. But uh, Stagehand V next. I think you're next up in the hot seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So last time we talked about and speaking I, of new products. Speaking of new products, this new one product. coming soon. You're gonna want it. Put your orders in now. And uh, on, <laughs> honestly, like no joke. Unlike our machines, like the Stagehand card, which is really the Heart of what we do, yeah. Like it, it will be around for a while. The last yes. one, the the architecture. I mean, we've had multiple iterations of it, but the architecture of the stagehand card is mostly unchanged since two thousand. Yeah, since you started. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. terms of like raw components, right? Like yes, the LM six twenty eight, six twenty nine, and the Rabbit, and this is like a. You are currently embarking on a huge journey to replace that with no one noticing. Yeah. Like swap one for the other, yes. add some new features, totally different fucking hardware, totally different firmware. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's basically what you did when you started, except people already know about Creative Connors now. Right. Is kind of the, the gist of it. Right. Um, and this is your day job. Yes. And I get paid to do it. <laughs> Yeah, the other difference. Yeah, uh, but no. So like last time we were talking and we were trying to decide on the microprocessor, and there's all of that, and we picked the right one. But now, it's official. We have decided on all the hardware, uh, the specific components that go on the board, and <laughs> yeah, except for locked well, that in. Yeah, except for what. <laughs> Well, actually, now that you say that, uh, whatever, there's some, there's some can nonsense happening at the moment, but, but the components are 99% motion controller picked. 
Yes. Yeah. And uh, analog to digital converter for load cells. Picked. Right. Um, uh, Which actually, did you guys picked. talk about that before? I don't think you did. The, we, the, I don't, the ADC is actually kind of cool. It's, yeah, it's we pretty may exciting, be, right? We maybe talked about it in passing, but like the new ADC... Uh, which is analog to digital converter because load cells are create an analog signal. 40 and, 20 milliamp. Yeah. And we turn that into a digital signal so you can read it on your stagehand or in spike mark. Yep. And what we have on V4, V5, sorry. Unipolar uh, 5. Unipolar 5, stagehand 4. <laughs> uh, Don't start off at fucking V1. <laughs> I will slit your throat. <laughs> Go ahead. Do we need to go full Apple and start picking like you know Rev like B. stagehand Sierra <laughs> Mesa or something? Like, <laughs> oh, Narragansett! I don't know. Every time I pick a new name, I get yelled at. So I don't think I'm allowed to pick names. That's you accurate. Just, you you okay. are, you are so, correct. You don't get to pick names. So the look yeah. Gareth just gave me <laughs> when I talked about picking names. You're he, just short of final, final. Love you three. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I, will, I will say first that Christian is one of the smartest people I know, but his fucking naming conventions They are, make so much sense. <laughs> it's <laughs> very are, logical. They are goddamn bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Type A, B4, B, C, dash one. And all of those numbers mean sense. It's type four because it's the fourth revision on the current one because we can't get the parts. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I got a to-do for updating a silkscreen because the, <laughs> the fucking model numbers had drifted so far abreast of reality. Yeah, like, Kate, was, Kate came in and she was like, well, I... I'm not sure what this means. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Talk to Cody. <laughs> and I got into OTS, and I was like, "What the fuck happened here?" And I like could track through the different, like six different versions of the control card, which then had filtered its way back up to like the full product number, and yeah. people had just gone rogue, just absolutely rogue. Like, yeah, it matched when we made the first one. Like, so, so Zap came to me the other day, like on his way out the door. He's like, hey, do me a favor. In OTS, just type in stagehand card. And then he walked out the fucking door. <laughs> like, it was Very just a total mic drop. He was just like, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Stagehand? I'm like, oh my God, what has happened? <laughs> they all make super logical sense. They make no sense. <laughs> To someone, and that person is you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway. (laughs) Kind of relates, though, because I was showing off what I was doing to Gareth, and... He saw the name and he was like, "Yeah, no, we're fucking changing that." <laughs> he walked away and he went to his desk to change the names and everything. <laughs> oh my god! But the thing I was showing him though was super cool. I'd been working on it for about a week. It was it's it's what the new stage chance going to be. We have this new awesome graphic OLED. Yeah, it is pretty fucking great. Like you and like Cody. I know Cody is yeah. Cody. You've been working on that too. Like it's it's like. Fucking sweet looking. You get like real icons, and there's so much more. You know, you the can display on the screen at a time, so nice. and yeah, it's 
it's it's, awesome. it's yeah. fucking great like it's yeah it's only a little sad that you will not be able to literally swap in this card with your old stage hand but we're still trying very hard to make sure that they are upgradable like upgradable so yeah. that you can like send your old mm -hmm. stage hand back and have it refit with the new card we might have to change the faceplate to make it happen but um but the but the but new screen is like the new screen is worth really it really nice yeah and you get to see a lot of data on it but anyway, so I was trying to show Gareth uh, show Gareth this new screen and all the cool things that, you know, Cody had designed and I had implemented and you could like see all the things. And I was literally working on this for a week, no problems, just at my desk. <laughs> and I have, I have two desks, you know, my computer's on the one and then I do like all my development stuff on the one right next to me, like makes a little L. And so I was just back and, and forth. And he has like six screens and four computers to do this. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. I was bearing the lead on that one. <laughs> He's like, sure. I just have my one desk. <laughs> one desk, four computers, 12 screens, you know, whatever. But uh, on Two the other one. units, uh, <laughs> one trick line. <laughs> yeah. No, they took my trick line away. I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Oh, I it's the new there. camera one. Yeah, we I, that for I had to now. fucking take that thing down to, to shoot some video. Anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I was trying to show off all this really cool new development to Gareth. Yeah. So I was like, hey, when you have a second, come look at this. And uh, this was also really cool, except that. Ex so, yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me uh, speak to this from my angle. <laughs> You're like, hey, check this out. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I want to check it out. I stand right up because I'm doing something I fucking hate. So I want to go look at something <laughs> cool, like technology related. I walk over and there's this beautiful little fucking OLED screen on his desk that shows like <laughs> position and limit status and something like that's awesome. I reach across to touch a button and the whole thing, thing fucking dies. Just I'm like, dies. huh. You want to reboot that for me? He's like, sure, sure, sure. He reboots it. I reach across again. It fucking dies. I'm like, hey, not for nothing, but I think this thing is a little sensitive. But crazier, because I rebooted it again, and then I went to touch it, and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had to fucking touch the conduit to ground myself before I could touch a jog button. <laughs> this thing is so <laughs> teetering on the fucking brink of not working <laughs> that I had to ground my fucking self to the conduit to touch the fucking jog button. Right, because now anytime I try and show you something, I'm like, conduit first, <laughs> and then press this button. <laughs> you want to see something cool? Touch the conduit first. So how does it Here, work do when it's connected a to a VFD? Perfect. Shut the front door. <laughs> <laughs> so you might have Those picked up have on like the fact problem. that it doesn't uh, so at the moment it works great so long as you don't connect a vfd so stagehand v next works great as long as you don't want to move anything yeah yeah it's whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. it's vfd list yeah yeah <laughs> Because we can't get those anyways. Right. It's VF so like we can also well, shrink would, the size. I would say VFD free. VFD free. <laughs> right. So we're saving cost. We're saving space because you can shrink Shit, it even dog. shorter. Super Just, safe. Super safe. Everybody super safe. But we will give you this box of VR goggles so you can imagine what the VR, <laughs> what the automation would look like. Well, coming in the, the future. Yeah. Asterisks yeah. for additional costs. Star star. <laughs> Yeah, but at Soon the moment, there, there, there's a bit of a problem where uh, you go to jog. Yeah. Well, after you ground yourself on the conduit, you go to jog. Yeah. As soon as the drive enables, 
Because it gets the jog signal as soon as the jog enable, it just this is that's worse. it. That's it. It just it stays enabled and it stays moving forward permanently. So, um, oh, so, <laughs> it's, so although ironically, that is a we're bringing back an old feature because way back when, <laughs> way back when, in, somewhere early on, well, I mean, early on till like nineteen, I keep God damn it. I'm mixing up my centuries, but until like uh, 2012, maybe, um, you could start jogging in Spike Mark, right, Mike? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and yank the Ethernet cord, and then it would just keep going. It would stop eventually at the stagehand level. <laughs> well, it stops when you run into something, right? Hey, hit a limit exactly. switch. The limit switches still work. Oh, okay. Limit switches yeah. still work. Yeah. Wait, you yeah. use the limit switches? <laughs> <laughs> switches. We don't need no stinking switches. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Um... So it's kind of like that feature, except you just press the drag button. Right. <laughs> you don't have to go through all this the, All that extra. Work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just walk up, press the button. <laughs> you're good to go. Walk away. It's moving forward. <laughs> not reverse, because that's not implemented. Just, no, no, forward. just forward. It's totally... This would be great for car shows. Yeah. Turntables. Yeah. See, this is a turntable feature. Just continuous forward rotation. The load, You're the welcome. load cell is going to be great on the turntable. <laughs> Stage and car show. <laughs> More seriously though, Christian, what's mm -hmm. the what's the what's the path forward there? So ultimately what 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 I what the assumption is at the moment is the problems we're seeing with both the Gareth getting close to it and the VFD killing it is really just a product of it's on a breadboard. It's a solidless breadboard, right? And it has long wires. Yes. And those wires are all antennas. And all that just creates a big yeah. antenna, which just amplifies the already noisy VFD environment and the already just... And all of this being VSD. more sensitive because everything is running faster. Right? Yes. Like, That's also the true. It's also... Yes remarkably faster yes like, signal wise signal wise yeah like the, 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 the clock cycles are all way higher than right. they used to be and all those things combined are problematic so the assumption at the moment is really it's just you know because it's on the breadboard that's the problem and, and the, once it gets put on a proper circuit board where traces are very small there's ground planes to absorb right. that noise all this gets better and goes away right but Thus, we don't really want to just assume right. <laughs> that it gets better. <laughs> so, you know, we've now picked all the components. Um, you drew the drew, schematic. Drew up the schematic. Yeah. Like, this is how it all connects. And now it's we are uh, in the process of finding a third-party engineering, electrical engineering, PCB engineering firm to help us finish the, finish the design. Right. Which... Uh, actually comes in a long tradition of doing this. I mean, like the, you know, uh, not to be, uh, not to reveal too many secrets, but the, like, but we really have no secrets. So like the stagehand, like classic was the only one that mm -hmm. we ever really designed like in-house, in-house. Mm -hmm. The first one you did. The first one, right? Which was yeah. like, I wrote a bunch of fucking weird tools and vector works and made a circuit board. <laughs> like, because just quick aside there, that being just crazy in and of itself, right, is 
<laughs> you wanted is... to use Vectorworks to design the circuit board. <laughs> I yes. don't want to use Vectorworks for anything, and you're like, hold my fucking beer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> that's me. But I mean, at the time, right, like I was, uh, I was still working my day job, yeah. and still, and like I was not going to spend money on a. ECA, ECA, yeah. ECAD, ECAD, yeah, something like solution, that. Solution, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I did it all in Vectorworks. Uh, not all of it. I did, <laughs> I did the schematic capture in one, and the, um, and and then used Vectorworks for the other. But <laughs> the, uh, or rather, vice versa. I did mm-hmm. the schematic capture in Vectorworks, and then and I wrote a bunch of fucking vector scripts to help with that, and then did the PCB layout in something called Osmond PCB. Ever since then, mm-hmm. like every other iteration, we've always engaged in their outside engineering firm to help with circuit right. board layout. Because like PCB layout is its own fucking art. Discipline form. all in of itself. Yeah. Totally. Um, like beyond schematic capture. Yes. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you can understand logically how it works, but like when you get down to the brass tacks of like how you lay the traces, how you lay the ground planes, how you lay all of that shit, like right. that's there is very definite skill in that right and especially like the the faster you you go like on yeah. your signals the yep. worse it gets and the more precise mm-hmm. and perfect you have to be right otherwise you're gonna walk up to it and not be able and the screen's gonna die yeah kind of a thing yep yeah right the contrast is like pretty stark too when you like look at a pcb that's like one of our more entry-level pcbs and then someone else that's like really knows what the fuck they're doing yeah yeah. oh yeah i see you're like yeah yeah. oh you know what kind of devices you have here so you like flooded these giant traces under this other stuff like it's actually really fucking cool like yeah really fucking glass copper in everywhere and yeah like oh this is sweet like this is cool and i mean not that i'm sure that the uh like auto routers of today can't do great jobs and whatnot but like it speaks to some of the human element still in that shit of yeah. like somebody with an idea of what the purpose is of this trace and understanding how and and also understanding the bigger it. picture yeah right? like this is the analog signal you can't run it right. next to your 20 megahertz clock signal right and impressively to me at least like that those layout specialists can take like a very complex design and get it down to two layers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's the opposite of what you think. Like yeah. they, they, they get less complex because they're like, no, 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 I can, I can get that into fucking two layers for you. Right. As or opposed to like, four layers or right. six layers. Or, right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and if you just add this resistor here or that ferrite be there, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, now we're down to two layers instead of four or yeah. six, like you were saying. Right. Yeah. So it comes in a long tradition of us farming that step out. Right. And, uh, you know, still doing all the firmware development, we still picked all the parts, but like letting someone else and with the that schematic expe- capture, which is a yes. pretty big deal, like, yeah, right? Yeah, but letting someone with that expertise of like, this is how you route these wires on this board right. so the VFD doesn't shut down the display. And <laughs> honestly, like one of the, I mean, you sent, you found and sent out to because honestly, <laughs> we we originally approached the other vendors we've used in the past, and all of them either are not doing it anymore or too busy to help us. Mm-hmm. But you picked out five or six more yeah. engineering firms to to look at this and help us with this step. And one of them, like you talked to today, yep. and and they sounded great. Like the and the engineer who's like assigned to the project is like 
does has done many motion control projects, many industrial sensor projects. Like it's like, oh, those are the exact mm. things we're looking yeah, for. Yeah. It's like you understand the environment we're trying to put the cart because it's in a stagehand, which to you know everybody who does scenic automation is like, yeah, whatever. But anybody else is like, oh, that's an industrial control, industrial automation. Control panel. Control panel, which is yeah. VFDs, noisy contactors, it's incredibly safety noisy. relays. Yeah. Like Relays power, yeah, just... High voltage, yeah, exactly. <laughs> high yeah. voltage. High current, high voltage fucking control which gamut, right? all like, of that just is noisy, right? Or yeah. then you're running it off a generator in some instances, which yeah. adds to all of that. And so reaching out to these third parties who have experience doing multiple projects in those kinds of environments, it's really going to help us uh, yeah, make a great product. Right. And well worth the money. Definitely. I mean, like, yeah. that's a, yeah. Because it's also not the cheapest thing, but. It is not the cheapest yeah, thing. It's worth Absolutely. it. But it's, uh, yeah, you know, as the guy writing the checks for it, like, it's the sort of thing that. Uh, pays dividends in the future, right? Like yeah. we, we definitely want to make sure that this thing is rock solid and that we don't have to worry about, it's the foundation, right? Like yeah. you do not mm -hmm. want to like pour your concrete with the shitty concrete. Don't buy the cheap band-aids. Like you yeah. want to make sure that this, <laughs> this thing is solid because we're building everything else on top of it. Right. And it's going to be around for the next 18 years. God right? willing. Like the current one Hopefully. is. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to redesign this in two years, five years, even. Yeah. 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 Right. Like this bit of it, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. God willing. Well, because yeah. he's like iterated on the stagehand card a couple times, but never. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then even this Having design, though, we're. And Cody, maybe this is news to you. It's probably news to you. But. <laughs> We're like even so planning on sense. like the next set of big features we could add to this card and we're designing it in now. Um, specifically one we've talked about. I'm not going to say it now because then people are going to want it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but Fair. building a platform, building a platform. Like, that's not just a platform. The current feature. Yes, but also exactly. Moving yep. forward. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Like, totally. It's not just the, you know, we've got a we've got a path built in. Yeah, and so it's like those ideas that we want to be able to add in the future, and then expandability on top of that, that we're all designing in now, and then it's all just firmware from there, which is now where the big push in Stagehand V Next is is firmware, firmware, firmware. Yeah, which is where we want to get to. I mean, like it, it once you get the hardware nailed down, like making the making it software problems is. Uh, relatively easy I mean, yes in the sense that you mm -hmm. don't have to respin boards right because that's a very long and expensive process yep. and firmware is just just uploads it's really just board. typing yeah it's it's, 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 it's just <laughs> typing code out <laughs> and i just replaced the f and j keys on my keyboard so, so you should get the be bumps good. again yeah. so we're good it should be no problem but anyway, so yeah, we're uh, looking at a yeah. third party to uh, help us so Gareth can uh, use the stagehand. <laughs> and any, any other of my high voltage compatriots out there. 
it's more fun to frame it in that light than it is to uh well i'll be fucking damned if i own the automation company and i can't, can't press, press, press the drag button. button yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh good luck on editing this huh um uh. <laughs> all right so uh where the fuck are we speaking of uh yeah nice transition thank you pull it together okay fuck that uh very graceful (laughs) fuck you too wait is this gonna be a certainly Uh, edited bit now (laughs) no this is all staying in (laughs) this is all in oh it's It's all in it's art I think people like that. Speaking of art and uh, being able to get products. uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh uh-huh. The thing we're struggling with at the moment, seemingly, uh, is getting products. Is getting products. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's like everyone is experiencing these days. It's very hard to get parts. So we've, uh, I mean, honestly, it's just a change in operation for us. Like, typically, we would um, kind of try to keep it very lean and tight in terms of the components. And these days, that makes no sense because with components stretching, you know, three to six months for delivery, (laughs) we're just having to take some bets on how we're going (laughs) to what we're going to build in the future to make sure we can hit timelines and put people uh, in a good spot to hit their shows. Because reasonable timelines. Yeah. Six-month timelines. Yeah, because I don't think anyone calls us expecting a winch to be in stock today, but they're a little shocked when they say, when we say it's going to be six to eight months. So, um We've been changing up our workflow to try to pre-build. Typically what we do is month by month now, we Mm -hmm. look back over the last six months and we see how much uh, of what products are moving and we try to pre-build those. And by pre-build, I just mean really order those parts so that we can (laughs) fucking pre-build them at some point. Or just build them, not even pre-build. That's (laughs) fucking fair. Because like... Ultimately, it's not really pre-building. We're, we order the components ahead of time so that when folks call, uh, we can say, like, well, within two to, it's, two to it's six three months, months now, not exactly. six months. It's basically the truth. Yeah. So, and, uh, it, but joking aside, like, it, it's a little bit of a shift in operations for us just to, like, take right. so much in uh, prior to... I don't know, probably 12 months ago, we were yeah. really trying to pare down. No stock. What, yeah, pare down our stock. And these days we're just, we are month by month trying to jack up our stock to make sure we can uh, fulfill orders. There's different tiers in my head. Mm-hmm. Like SEW has terrible lead times, but they're accurate. Oh, they say it's going to be If they tell you it's going to be fucking 20 weeks, it's going to be 20 weeks or maybe 18. Or better. But, yeah. Right. And, but it's uh, never 21 if they said 20. Correct. Versus like CM for a chain hoist, where like if you <laughs> want a chain hoist, like... I, maybe. I, every week, 
sales ask me how many weeks is it to get a chain hoist and every week i fucking say i have no fucking idea because <laughs> although i have to amend that this week because we finally received some chain hoist so it's apparently about seven months to get a chain hoist <laughs> but they said originally like what three months and then it changed a month <laughs> and then it changed a month and then it changed a month and then it changed a week and then a week and then yeah a week, and then almost it, just I mean, up. it was like like it was like we ordered them originally, and it was going to be three months in the future, which was about right. Mm -hmm. And then it was week by week by week by week by week. Oh, week okay. By week. Right. Um, so, for but another takes, three months. Yeah, for another four-ish months. Four months. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then there's other vendors that, like, just say, like, they've been saying all along through this whole shit show that, like, it's six to eight weeks, and then they ship in 20 weeks. <laughs> it's not helpful it's not helpful so it's kind of a mess um but all that to say like we're as much as we can we're just ordering like pre-ordering and trying to pre-build kind of old yeah. school ways yeah. rather than just in time manufacturing well and i don't even know that's necessarily old school right because like the whole lean idea is just like always evolving like what is the demand well that's i think that's a super salient point, mm -hmm. right? Like lean is really about like adjusting constantly, right? right? But right. I think the westernization of lean was Oops. a lot of like keep nothing, <laughs> keep nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, the, the heart of it is definitely like kind of uh, keep adjusting. And right now we're yeah. in a, such a serious flux state that uh, it uh, requires a lot more pre-building. It's a pretty interesting shift because like when OTS started rolling out and stuff, like we were pretty still in like the lean mindset and there was yeah. like that uh, little blurb that was just like, you know, we have X amount of dollars of parts on the shelf. Like, let's make something like just like a constant yeah. reminder of like, let's make sure that we're not like bloating in what we have sitting here. Like, let's make sure we're like being smart about those decisions. And now we're like kind of having to be like, well, okay reality has shifted we're, we're going a different way we gotta we gotta plan better and, and make sure that we're prepared yeah totally like it, it it is a totally different mindset so gareth yeah it's pretty remarkable uh, event happened just recently 18 years as a company yeah it's really fun like it's it's great to hit that milestone. It was a weird idea that started it all, right? So for the um, people yeah, probably know sure. it, you've talked about it before, but about eighteen years ago, mm -hmm. you had been working at a seating shop. You had done that for a bunch of years, yeah, and then you. Yeah, no, you, that, and you that, did automation there. That's a great point. So, like the, um, you'll find that like folks either start their own business because they really want to run a business, or because mm -hmm. they have a really um, particular idea of a product. Mm -hmm. I am in that latter category. Mm -hmm. I never necessarily really wanted to run a business, but I really believed in the product. Okay. And, mm -hmm. um, I think that at the core, automation should be simpler. I think that we deal with random, weird 
complex technology every fucking day. Right. And I don't understand why that has to bleed into automation. Yeah, why it couldn't bleed into automation. Like mm -hmm. why why is a cell phone <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which Absolutely. is way more complicated than what we do. But everybody um, has one. Everyone has one. So why can't automation be that kind of way? And kind of that weird uh, synthesis between uh, mechanical mm -hmm. and electrical and software um, exist well in the uh, in a single product or whatever. And that's um, also the important thing, too, is like it's not just mechanical. It's not just controls. It's not just software. They all have to play well together to be yeah. successful in the end. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, when I left, uh, so I was working as a project manager in mm -hmm. a scene shop, mm -hmm. and I thought that it would be cool to have automation be something that was more kind of akin to every other product I was um, dealing with, mm -hmm. you know, whether it was like, uh, you know, rigging hardware or um, whatever. I mean, like, it, it just seemed to me that, like, we need automation as a as a component in the larger production. Right. And not custom every time. Like it, it that you do similar things. Drives me crazy. Right. <laughs> like yeah, like the, the customization. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's custom. I was going to say it's custom. It's if you're looking at the marketplace, you're thinking it's custom yeah, and for why? every gig and it's custom by every company to do their own right. little minutia, their own little thing. Right. And then it's, it's also kind of interesting, like thinking about the marketplace then of like, it's this automation was this thing that was propped up by, you know, a, a couple different companies, but each of them were yeah. uh, very specific and did their own things and did their custom effects for each of their shows. And none of them had products yeah. and none of them, like it was all inside baseball for them. And then like, it was just happening yep. in silos all around very separately and like development was very individual and like every other part of live entertainment is, you know, Hey, we're making products and we're sharing them. And Oh, you know, like no company is ever so far front of in, in the lighting world that you couldn't like, yep. Imagine that's ex diving into that space or just buying their products. Right. Like exactly. No like, oh man, that's I wish we could do lighting, but I can't get a source the, for the point like that. Like, Automation to be as accessible as lighting. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. Right. Like those effects yeah. should be, shouldn't be dependent on somebody understanding every intricate piece of the technology. Lighting is similarly complex. Like it, maybe not quite there, but it's in the same ballpark. To the designer, it's the fucking same. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it, it does it's not on or it's matter off. at all. Yeah. Like, I want it right. at this position. Right. And, um, and I think that um, personally, and I, I obviously I share this with everyone on the call, like I fucking love engineering. Like I yeah. love digging into the technical details to find the appropriate solution to make the end result. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also have a fucking degree in the fine arts. Like, and I know <laughs> that my purpose in Same. life is to like make the artist who is 
maybe not the customer, but the end, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the person I'm really working for, mm -hmm. like I, I want to make their vision happen. Mm -hmm. Like I am the photocopier. Like I am the Xerox machine for for us boomers out mm -hmm. there. Like <laughs> I am the person who is trying to take. We had those two. We had those two. The millennials <laughs> had those. We had those. <laughs> the Zoomers might miss it, but we had the Xerox. <laughs> but I'm I I I put intrinsic value mm -hmm. in that vision that mm -hmm. is not my own, mm -hmm. but that is someone else's who has a better artistic sensibility. And I want to make that fucking happen for them. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, that's the the driving force that kind of kind of keeps the my personal mm -hmm. motivation going. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think, as a businessman, like it should be fucking affordable. Like, You're right. <laughs> like mm -hmm. if I can pick up a fucking cell phone that does way more than any computer in the 1980s ever did mm -hmm. like for you know relative kind of pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. like this should be affordable it should be approachable it should be all those things it should be it should right. be something that like people can get their hands on and like just make their whatever is in your mind i want to get it into the physical reality at a affordable price yeah or not even not even just an affordable price, but just it's approachable by anyone. Yeah, you can yeah. download the software. You can just do it. Yeah, you can just try. I think it. an approachable, like even from the conceptual phase, I think is pretty important, right? Like no one in any any production meetings ever said like, "Oh, do you think we could add a like a spotlight?" Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I want to have like a similar. Like I want to present enough products that someone says like, "Oh yeah," and then I really want that. You know, turn like that the stage like spin, and I want that. Right. You know, deck to come in from upstage. Right. Like. Right. I never want to like talk about in that moment. Just be like, yeah. Like, or if you talked about it in the terms of sound, like I wouldn't it be amazing if somebody could hear. The actor on stage from the back. I mean, that'd be <laughs> right, crazy. Exactly. Well, like, I, I want fucking automation to be that. It's like, yeah, you can just have the stage spin. You can just have something come on the stage. Right. I and want so it I think, to be the sentence in the fucking meeting, right. not the exactly. entire point of the meeting. Right. I think that's the, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't want automation to be the focus of the, of the production. Like, right. it... it it should it, just happen. It should just happen. Like, if you want the fucking thing to move, mm -hmm. we will make it move for you. That is what yeah. we are here to do. And then next point. Mike now works for you, but he was also your absolutely very first customer with the very first stagehand. Yeah, I mean, I, I would back that up a step and say that Mike's like a longtime friend. Sure, I mean, sure, sure. Like, There's Mike all that. And I went to fucking college. Friend together. and supporter. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All that yeah. mushy like, bullshit. Nah, nah, nah. Who cares? Mike but, is also a guy who has taken my ass out of the fire many fucking times. <laughs> like, sure, sure, sure. There's, there's all that interpersonal nonsense bullshit. But, <laughs> like, Mike is the guy who, sad. like, at, when I was getting my ass handed to me at uh, as a technical director for my first job ever, mm -hmm. taking the job as a technical director, and mm -hmm. I had to fucking ping Mike and be like, oh, which was really calling, I think, back mm -hmm. in those days. 
Yeah. I think it might have been. You might have faxed. <laughs> You're like, yo, man, I am in a fucking pickle. Can you come help me out? <laughs> Mike was like, yeah, 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 no problem. I'm there. Like, Mike is that guy. For anyone who doesn't know the the uninteresting backstory, like the... I think it's interesting. People uh, care. <laughs> I don't think people give a shit so at too. all. But the um, the... I was working at Mystic Scenic Studios in Boston, which is a very lovely scene shop. They do great work, et cetera, et cetera. I was the second or third in command for their automation program there. Um, and uh, I proposed that we build this thing that they declined on building, which is now the stagehand. I built it on my own. To beta test it, I sent it to... Mike, who was, uh, Mike, I think you were the oh. technical director at the time at the Williamstown? I, or I, production I manager? I sure was. Oh, no, I was the TD. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Before the production manager. I mean, like, you went on That's to- That's the yeah. cult of choice of many of my friends. So, <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. 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 So, you were the TD, and I reached out, and I was like, hey, man, would you fucking try, <laughs> would you try this totally unproven automation system? <laughs> and- and I said, sure. What could be a what could go wrong? Could go wrong. What could be better? You're like, how much does it cost? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That, that sounds that sounds great. <laughs> that fits my budget. Free AF. <laughs> well, yeah, but then I think it was also uh right, it was the state hand and the and the showstopper and, yep. and and then what eventually also turned into your laptop and uh, yeah, which we're still sitting around, by the way. I think yeah. you just grazed over yeah. that, but I think that's a really fun point to point out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, we were talking about this before, and that is all the most of that summer is pretty hazy, but um, uh, I got all of the control stuff, and I was like, oh, this is great. Now, um, I think I just need. I think I just need a motor. All right. And yeah. And you took bought, and hunting, bagged, right? borrowed, stole some stuff from my good friend, Dan at the Huntington. <laughs> Who we both worked with. Dan Ramirez. Yeah, Shout out to Dan Ramirez. Yeah. Dan Ramirez. Remember the main buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, and, uh, and yeah. And so like that summer I did like, I don't know. We had three shows that people wanted automation for or in, and and I was too young or too stupid or too ambitious to say no. And so we made a turntable. Yeah. They did like, uh, yeah, I used the, I don't know, we built the thing. It was a cable drive around the outside. It was great. And uh, pop up handrail and something else. And all of it, all of it with the, all of it with the purple stagehand. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah one in each show one yeah one effect in each show um it was awesome. i don't think it you was, hesitated uh, though like i i remember reaching out to you and being like hey i got this thing you fucking you up for using it and you're like fuck yeah <laughs> hand it Sounds, over i mean just yeah, that story whatever his right. option whatever his other option must have been <laughs> Either that or very expensive, <laughs> and still probably I, shit. 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't remember. It probably involved a lot of, a lot of labor. But yeah. Anyway, whatever. I remember driving up there, like so, because I mean, I obviously lived in Providence at that point. So, and you were up in where the fuck is Williamstown? I mean, Williamstown, Massachusetts. Williamstown. But, like, well, I, I know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere kind of westernish mass it's right like way west north yeah, okay yeah. and mm-hmm. like i drove up there and i at the time i had so my eldest daughter was like maybe two years old or something like that my, <laughs> my wife was either just giving birth or just had given birth to our second child and i was like yeah yeah i can totally fucking try this up to you no problem <laughs> not a big deal honey shut up i gotta i gotta, I gotta uh, think. emily i have to go i have to Come go on. this is summer stock <laughs> this is like the the art sh- will you've die. heard it the show must go on of course emily being a fucking lifelong fucking costumer she was like yeah yeah show must yeah. go on yeah yeah got it okay okay <laughs> um she's probably ready yeah. to be rid of you honestly Oh my God! Any any given day, yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine living, living with this fucking tragedy of a human? But she, uh, so I went up there to Williamstown, and Mike and I we spent the we spent the morning, and it was a what I remember testing was some pop up railing. Does that sound right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay. Yeah, one of my better ideas. <laughs> it had some chain and some <laughs> motors and shit. <clears throat> and I remember we got it working, but I had like my laptop, which is a like eBay special Dell Latitude at the time, because um, I was well employed as a project manager at Mystic, so I had lots of disposable income. <laughs> um, and. and I remember us like trying to install a Vista that was the precursor to Spike Mark. Yeah. Um, and uh, before Windows Vista came out, that was the sad thing. But, <laughs> and we couldn't fucking get it to RIP Windows Vista. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, could, Holy. we could not get the fucking thing to install on your computer to save my life. And I was like, fuck yeah. it, just take my laptop. And uh and I I left it there. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, see you later. I was like, whatever. <laughs> Good luck. I'll get it back to you sometime. Or or not. That's fine. But uh, joking aside, I remember like there because at that point I was seriously still like my pay my paycheck. <laughs> the way I provided for my family was coming from Mystic Scenic. Mm-hmm. And I only had this like ragtag idea of opening my own shop to do just automation. And I remember like, well, let's see how Mike does. If it fucking sucks, we'll maybe like, wrap this up. Like, wow. <laughs> like <laughs> so Mike was the uh, litmus test for I, if it was going to work or not. Yeah, I didn't tell him that at the outset, but I remember emailing Mike. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, well, there, I found like this weirdness in like the schematic and stuff, but like, shit, yeah, I'd use it on a show. And I was like, cool, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will ask no further questions. <laughs> I mean, I think to be fair, I think we used it on three shows. See? That summer. So, you know, it wasn't... it. It held its own, man. We exceeded <laughs> expectations by 300% is what I just heard. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening this time. I'm Gareth signing off, and uh, we'll see you next time. Catch you next time. Bye. See ya.